1: and welcome to episode 239 of the Talking Chop Podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Monday evening, early evening, I should say, and we're actually recording this before the Braves play baseball tonight, which is not normally how we would handle things, but the trade deadline expired at 4 p.m. and to chronicle all that did not happen (laughs) in advance of the deadline, Eric Cole is here to uh, lament what transpired. Hello, sir.
2: Brad, as always, I look forward to having the internet yell at both of us as well as the team for on all spectrums, both as being, you know, just sycophants for the team that just want to apologize as well as for hating the team. I'm sure we will hear from both after this podcast and I'm ready for it.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely the case. Uh, I made a joke about this on Twitter on Monday morning, but I got accused by noon of carrying the water for ownership and Anthopoulos, which, which I thought was hilarious, given my track record uh, of not doing that. Uh, and then by the end, known optimist, Brad Roland, yeah. And, and then by the end of the day, uh, you and I are both can uh, convinced that we're going to be a- accused of being uh, haters or being too negative on this podcast. So what's oh, coming? The truth somewhere in the middle, but alas, here we are. Um, broadly speaking, the Braves, of course, did nothing. On Monday, They did make a move earlier to acquire Tommy Malone. We will discuss him momentarily, but at the very least, that move was not a splash. It was a potential depth piece that they added. Um, and in advance of the deadline, there was some buzz. There were some actual rumors with Mike Clevenger, the biggest name on the market in terms of pitching. Um, but he went to San Diego and the Braves turned around and did a uh, nothing essentially um and Alex Anthopoulos spoke to the media he gave some thoughts that were uh mixed I would say potentially pretty frustrating and you know I don't often I don't always I should say sometimes I do but sometimes I look at this and generally all things about the Braves from a pretty level-headed mindset I like to be analytical about it I like to look at it for like sort of detached and not try to put myself always in the fan shoes but this time around um and it's actually acknowledged this too you know as a fan he kind of saw this coming about how people would be frustrated um i think if you're a Braves fan today you should not be very happy with what transpired and that's, something, that's not that's something i say lightly i think this is pretty rough it doesn't mean the sky is falling like i'm not going to come on here and tell you that this that the season's over and you know fire and thoughtless and all that stuff but on on the scale uh this is a pretty bad outcome in my opinion, for Atlanta, I don't like to set the world on fire, but I'm I would be pretty frustrated if I was a fan of this team right now, in general. And I think that uh, not upgrading at all is certainly not in line with what you would hope for a team that is winning its division and theoretically contending for the World Series to go in with a dire need. And this is not a, like our opinion; everyone agrees on this. The Braves do not have a playoff level rotation, much less a World Series winning rotation right now. I know they're gonna make the playoffs anyway because they've been so good at everything else, but if you remove Max Fried and one star of Ian Anderson, there's not a lot there and to go out and do nothing is uh it's pretty maddening when there was that one hole to fill and they didn't fill it. That's just kind of the way it is.
2: Yeah, I I I want to preface the kind of make the same disclaimers that you had, was which was that one, this is still a good baseball team. They're playing well. They are the record's good. They are in first place. I also want to say that I'm not saying that they should have gone and gotten Clevenger because there's things about specific negotiations we don't really know. If they were just if Cleveland was like it was it's Drew Waters or bust and Atlanta just said that's not a guy that we're giving up, is there another deal? And this Cleveland wouldn't move off of that. I can respect that decision because ultimately acquiring a guy of Clevenger's caliber is a big deal, and I don't want to I don't want to say that that's just the deal they should have made because that's an easy that's an easy cop out almost, right? And like there are some non-cooperative should have been partners like the Rangers for example. That's a team that should have been like more available at the trade deadline and instead they just didn't move anybody to anywhere. And that's a that's a fundamental problem and I I get that this is a challenging trade market. But when you don't you basically you make a move for Tommy Malone for basically nothing you know, the, We don't know who the two players to be named are going to be, but given that they're not in the player pool and they haven't been y- named yet, we can assume that they're not going to be crazy names, especially for a rental like him. If you don't do anything and then like the first words out of your mouth, which is what it was in Topless' case, which was it wasn't, a fi- it wasn't financial, it was talent. It, it comes across as disingenuous to me. Because one, it makes me feel like that's – you feel like that's the first thing you need to say because you know that one of the things – the cheapest things that people are going to say is that this is just Liberty, Liberty Media being cheap. And that it feels like that's a kind of a prepared scripted thing like, hey, make sure you tell them that it's not, it, it's not financial. And then when you go on to say that we just didn't want to give up the talent – and then you think about what the ramifications of that are for what the other decisions the Braves have made this season which is they have a player full, pool full of players including a lot of pitchers on that on that 40 man roster and they have continued to trot out retreads and guys who are just clearly not made built for it and and throwing bullpen games while well, you have guys like Tucker Davidson, Jacile De la Cruz up until recently Ian Anderson and you just let them sit there in, in Gwinnett play in scrimmages and that that talent is so valuable to you that you can't trade them, but they're not valuable enough to make you win your baseball games. This year is an incredibly frustrating thing. And it makes your argument sound silly because again, we can talk about service time. We can talk about all those considerations. They might not be quite ready, but any evaluation of how ready a prospect is, is going to be very, very nebulous this year because Of the situation, there's not live baseball being played at the minor league level. So at the end of the day, you just have to make a decision like, hey, are we going to give this guy an opportunity in the shorter season or not? And if you're starting to make decisions about service time and not trying to put a product on the field that is passable in terms of the rotation, but then talk about how much talent you have in the minor leagues that you're not utilizing – or if you're going to talk about wanting to put the best offense on the field possible with your lineup and trotting out Matt Adams and Ender Inciarte while well, you have one of the best position prospects in baseball sitting on your bench doing nothing, not getting ready at the alternate site and actually getting playing time if you wanted to say he wasn't ready and developing. I understand that they had to make the move, but that's also like not long after they just sent Scott Schluber just off the roster for reasons. Again, we don't even know why he was on it to begin with. The decision-making process that's happened this year has not been logically consistent. And people have an expectation that when a lot of things go wrong with your rotation and yet your team overperforms, that the front office is going to back that team up by making the decisions to try to help that team win. And they did not do that, this the trade deadline. There were a lot of difficulties with this trade deadline, and I'm, I've been the one saying it for a while. I, just, I was always skeptical of big moves and a lot of moves simply because of between the financials and, you know, just how much time you're going to be expecting to get from a guy that you're going to be, you know, from rentals and what the price would be and all that other stuff. I get all of that. But we can only make so many excuses for how long this Braves organization has held on to prospects that they probably should have moved already. It seems like every offseason we've said, hey – you know, we need to be moving some of these guys. There's too many. There's too much of a logjam here. Or, hey, they need to start cashing in some of these chips to improve in other areas, or to get more help that's like major league ready. And you can't tell me that they wouldn't have takers for that. It was every trade deadline, every off season. We had some activity for bullpen arms last off season. I mean, last last season. We haven't seen off season trades. I don't know what the Braves are doing. What are we doing? Like you don't get points for keeping, you don't get, you don't keep points for how many starting pitching prospects you can have in triple a.
1: Yeah. I mean, you just don't people know that I've, I've said this before, but I'll say it again for anybody that might be new listening. I am generally in favor of cashing in prospects, especially non elite prospects. And to your point, they've, they've just kind of never done that. And you know, I've, I've defended Anthopolis in the past. I think as recently as like last week Me or two too. weeks ago, um, you know, Scott was upset and I was on the other side of that one. And honestly, this, I feel like it's kind of indefensible. I know, you know, if you're trying to form a case for why the Braves didn't do anything, and this is not, I don't mean this, but just playing devil's advocate, you know, there's the weirdest of the season, um, the the weird expanded playoffs, they've, they're already down Soroka, maybe they feel like they, that they're not actually a contender, even if they make a move, um, that's one way to put it. Also, you mentioned the financial aspect, and Anthopolis did say that it wasn't financial, but Quite candidly, he has to say that whether it was or not. Absolutely, um, I am someone who does. I'm not telling you that it was financial, but it's certainly him saying that it was not financial does not mean it was financial. If that makes sense, uh,
2: <laughs> and it, om- it almost makes it feel like it might have been financial. Yeah, right? because I mean, said it out loud without anyone asking. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's just a bit. I mean, and honestly, you know, somebody mentioned uh, I, I tweeted something about that, and one of the responses was, you know, how about the shop on the shop on every aisle comment? And you know, obviously, the economics have changed since then. Uh, the pandemic has happened. Baseball has changed. This year um i'm not sure liberty media i know you know i know liberty media has buckets of money and i've always been ranting about the fact that they shouldn't have a hard and fast payroll anyway with that kind of conglomerate but regardless uh financially it could have been some situation where they didn't want to do it and and if did say that you know uh the players that were most of most interest to other teams were the guys on the major league roster already which could refer to anybody it could refer to tukey could refer to austin riley it could refer to any number of guys um but regardless i i have a hard time selling doing nothing whatsoever i mean i'm not someone who who was going to come on here regardless today and say you know they didn't trade for clevenger what a bust because clevenger was is an awesome pitcher asking price that's a hard deal right it is i mean i know trust me i'm aware that the indians took a very strange offer from the padres they took this like they, they got to hold on to all of their prospects, all their top prospects, and they, and they, in, the Indians seemingly prioritized a trio of like pretty uninspiring young major leaguers. But regardless, the Clevenger thing's almost to the side. Just not doing anything is indefensible to me. I know they added Tommy Malone, but Tommy Malone was, wasn't going to do anything. And regardless, even if, even if Tommy Malone worked out and he still could, even if it's just the one start was bad. I get, I, I get all that. Even if he works out, he's working out as like a fifth starter type. That's what he's, that's what he, time alone is. In a playoff series, which, again, this team has not won a playoff series since 2001. 2001, that is the goal. When you are as good as the Braves are, the goal, I mean, the World Series is actually the goal. But regardless, the the more practical goal is like, go out and win a playoff series. Take the next step. Right now, at this moment, the Braves have one-and-a-half starting pitchers, and that's if you hope Ian Anderson is actually the guy he was in his first start, which he might be, um, but we've seen seen him pitch once in the major leagues. Max Free cannot just do everything for you, and not doing anything to fill that, and to your point, to bring it all full circle, the mixed messaging is what drives me crazy as well. I'm glad you brought it up, because on one hand, they refuse to cash in prospects, and I'm not telling you to trade Pache, but like to cash in any prospects, really, any of your top ten prospects, they they won't do it. But at the same time, they'll turn around and not play these guys, or they'll be on the shortest leash imaginable. Like no one has, no one would tell you that Kyle Wright and Tuki have been good this year, but those guys are somehow on a shorter leash than Robbie Erlin, and like I don't, I don't get that. It doesn't make any sense to me that you would turn around and not give these guys a chance because you know if nothing else. <laughs> they actually have upside that might be bad right now, but we know Robbie Erland's not going to pitch a, a game two in a playoff series. And, you're, and you'll be happy with that. Like e- even guys that we have been skeptical of, like even guys like Fulte and Newcomb who Anthopolis brought up today uh, as like sort of like, Oh, look guys, we still have Fulte and Newcomb. No, no one's impressed by that. But even those guys have more upside than, than Robbie Erlin and Josh Tomlin or like, you know what I mean? There's just not a, it doesn't make a a lot of sense to me to put both sides on the same track. You have to explain to me how you won't cash in prospects, but you also won't play your prospects unless you just absolutely I, I, have to.
2: Yeah. And I just, it's hard. It's hard for me to understand. Like you talk about how much talent, I mean, like we, it's not like the, you know, they're like these little known guys. Like maybe they hadn't considered this. I mean, like Tucker Davidson's like a really good pitching prospect. And maybe he's, you know, there's stuff going on with him that we just aren't aware of, which is entirely possible. But I don't think that like the five guys, that, the five pitchers that are on your 40 man roster that have not made your major league debuts yet, that not one of them is worthy of a major league call up over starting Josh Tomlin again or running Robbie Erlin out there again or, you know, seeing if Enoa can start, you know, it's, I don't under, I mean, again, either we're thinking about service time considerations when we shouldn't be this year or question mark. Like there's, I just don't, I don't understand what we're trying to do. (laughs) No, I mean like, I mean like, cause again, like, you know, you're not, no one's asking you to take these like, like giant leaps of like guys that aren't on the 40 man roster and haven't played above high A right no. like these two guys were like triple-a experience double-a experience and, and we're also really not good.
1: we're also not saying again we're not saying they had to go all in here nope. we're not saying they had to go get Clevenger I'm not even telling you that they had to go trade for Lance Lynn but to come out of this come out, come out of today and not add another arm like any arm if they had come if they had added Mike Miner if they had added someone like that if someone that was less even less impressive than Mike Miner like Another timing alone is probably too low of a bar, but someone who you could actually convince me could pitch game three of a playoff series. That would have been a situation where I would have come on and defended that decision. Yes, it would be, it's frustrating that Clevenger was got for a pretty reasonable package today, but Lance Lynn didn't get traded. You know, all the big, big guns other than Clevenger didn't get traded. And obviously there is something to Anthopoulos's assertion that there, are, there, are, there are so few sellers that it's yeah. hard. I actually do buy that to some degree yeah, agree. Sure, but you cannot. I mean, I'm not the guy who pounds the table, but you, it's just it's maddening to me that you would come out of this deadline in the position the Braves are in because the Braves are in a commanding position to where they're in the mid ninety percent range on making the playoffs. You know, I'm not saying that they're going to be better than the Dodgers because they're probably not going to be. But in the playoffs, anything can happen, and you're just not giving your you're not really giving yourself a chance. I'll, I will say this now before we keep ranting. We not probably, the best
2: chance anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean. I'll say this now before, before we keep ranting, but the way to make this feel better, and this is something that I don't think they'll actually do the way that I, to way, the way to sell this a little bit more would be what would, would, would have been to come out tonight or come out on Tuesday and start and call call out Pache and decide to just go young the rest of the way and hear me out here. It's just, it's is sort of just a, a wild theory, but if they just like, you know what? We're gonna go. We're gonna let Kyle Wright and Tukey fail. We're gonna let those guys go for the next month, or or, or we've you know they're they want to want to talk talk up Fulte. We're gonna we're gonna call Fulte back up and see what happens with Fulte, or even Nukem who I don't buy. Like the way to sell this now that you've held on is that you know what guys? We genuinely thought we have enough arms. We have enough bodies coming back. You you, you wanted us to trade a prospect? Here's Christian Pache we're going to play Christian Pache now, or we're going to go back young. Like the, the the worst case scenario. And again, I feel like I'm piling on Robbie Erlin. I'm not, but the worst case scenario is to go out twice a week or three times a week with like the equivalent of a bullpen game and try to convince the fan base that that's going to work. <laughs> they're not even doing They're not even being creative with that. Like there's a way. And I tweeted about this the other day and I can't remember who said this first so my apologies, but you know, if it was a game three right now in a playoff series and that's your you're crossing your fingers on Ian Anderson at number two, but game three, I would probably piggyback Kyle Wright and Josh Tomlin in game three. But they're not even doing that. They're they're not going out and like getting creative or going piggyback or giving Wright a not, chance or giving Tookie yeah, a they're chance not, to thrive. They're not doing that.
2: They're not piggybacking. They're not like an opener. They have like the bullpen that it might make sense to do an opener to. will Won't do that. I mean, like I just
1: it's like, bad. We're, we're not we're not trying to pile on. I promise. This is not what we're we. I think people that listen to us regularly know that we're not trying to come on and crap on them, but I just, it would be disingenuous for me to come out here and try to defend this because I think it's kind of indefensible. I mean, there, there are things. That, yeah, And
2: even, and, and even then explaining like Fulty and Newcomb and Hamels was hedging. Cause they're like, Hey,
1: yeah, that's well, Hamels that's, arm hasn't <laughs> Hamels
2: that, arm hasn't thrown. hasn't fallen off. That is he might prime spin. Sometime
1: I mean AA is very good at this. I will give him credit for this. He is good at spin. But to come out, um, if you're paying close attention, the fact that AA spent real time in his post-deadline press conference extolling the virtues of Fulty and Newcomb and Bryce Wilson and saying that these guys are all making strides, Newcomb's making tweaks, Fulty's adding weight and velocity. Like that that's all that all may be true. I'm not saying it's not, but that's just that's spin. It is that at, at this moment in time, that is spin. That's 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 like, all right, guys, look over here and hope that this is going to work. Like Hamels, sure, you've already paid Hamels. You've been talking about him maybe being ready in September. Maybe that'll happen. We've left it open for that the entire time. I they, get all that. They
2: even talked. I mean, they even talked about, hey, you know, he's scheduled to throw a bullpen, and we'll see how it goes. And the last time they said that, they put him on the injured list the next day.
1: Right, and it's it's fine. You know, I'm I, mean, not, like, I just, I just I'm, I'm not even closing the door. The thing is. Hamels, there's a chance that Hamels helps you. There's a chance that Fulty finds something. That That's all on the table. But that's not the time to be like, you're trying to sell this to me, to, to the average fan. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's, uh. well, well,
2: I guess my thing about the Hamels situation is like, they keep mentioning his name as if it's not September tomorrow. Right. You know what I mean? Like, how long does it take to stretch a guy out? As people you know listen I mean? to this like, now.
1: Like, yeah. I mean, that's that's the, the best case scenario possible for Hamels at this point in time. Is he makes a starter two at the end of this month, and he might be able to give you five innings max in a playoff game? Like maybe that's the best case scenario for Cole Hamills at this point in time, which the Braves would take at this point because they just need somebody. Well, I mean, they, they might just take whatever innings they they'll, they'll give him, just because. And the thing you know, is, he might he to, also might might run
2: his like,
1: yeah, that's we the don't about, know if he's going to be good, right? This is not a guy who you can just yeah. assume is going to be awesome. Regardless, it's just you coming in at the end of August, this I know it's a shortened season. And listen, we we were at least I said this, I'm not sure if you did too, but you know, a month ago, I said I wasn't sure what the Braves were gonna be able to do with the deadline if they needed to make an upgrade, because look, it's a weird season. They're not hmm. that there, there, there aren't that many sellers. This is not a typical all in year. Obviously the Padres decided they were gonna go all in, but the Padres wild. But the, you know, and that's the Braves could have done that. But the Padres have more prospects than the Braves do. I know the Rays have a pretty good system. You are the expert on that versus me. But by all accounts, the Padres have this incredibly loaded system, so they have a little bit more flexibility. And by the way, they didn't trade any of their top guys, like any of them. Yep. Ky- 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 Kylie
2: McDaniel talked about the Padres and said, you know, people were talking about how the Padres went all in, and he disagreed because he said after he kind of looked at it for a bit, he thinks that he's feel pretty confident that they're the so- number, like a solid number two farm system in all of baseball, even after all those trades.
1: And that's insane. But I mean, regardless the Braves and the Braves don't have that kind of depth, obviously the copy fallout. That's a whole other podcast that you can do a road to Atlanta. At well, I mean, point. yeah. And graduate and
2: graduations too. And, and that
1: too. Exactly. But regardless, it's a different podcast, but the Braves still have prospects that they could have cashed in at some point. And I think this is honestly just build up from the past as well. That's not giving in got, not giving the props, the benefit of the doubt, because you know, again, I've defended the front office. I think they've, they've done a pretty decent job in Anthopolis' time, but he still the, 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 has never, has never. The, has the free never done agent it.
2: signings have gotten better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's still good moves that I would point to. Like Mar- Marcelo Zinn is working out great. Josh Donaldson worked out yeah. great. Um, there, there's all kinds Will of things Smith, that, that so they've much. done. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, Scott, I think, tweeted this today. The fact that the Braves have, under Athopus have given out essentially one long term deal, and it was Will Smith. It's just another incongru like <laughs> incongruous thing because you don't you don't yep. give out multi-year deals to relievers. That's the one position where you don't give out multi-year multi-year deals and the Braves did that and they won't give out a, it's just the plan doesn't make a lot of sense but the bright side is the Braves are still good without this and that gives them cover which is frustrating because we knew coming into today or coming into the weekend anyway that if, if, if the Braves did nothing, they were still a big favorite to win the division and a massive favorite to wait to, to make the playoffs. And because that is going to happen
2: silver process.
1: Well, that's the thing because that's going to happen. There is always going to be a segment that's okay with that. And it's maddening to me, but again, the Braves have not won a playoff series since 2001 and they're in a great spot to do that this year, but less so now than yesterday, if they, I was assuming frankly, that they would do something. I think, I think basically everyone was not, yeah. i not, even the media, even the beat writers were, I think DOB even said it ca- as candidly as that, that he was assuming they were going to make a move of some kind in the last couple of days, and they just didn't do it. And Tommy Malone, I guess, qualifies for that, but not really. <laughs> uh, and we'll talk about him now. Actually, let's take a, br- a break from the rant and talk about Tommy Malone quickly, because okay. the Braves did add a player. We should at least do some analysis on this. Tommy Malone, super cheap, like no money. He's a rental. He uh, was obviously awful in his first start. I will, I will say this about Tommy Malone: having him start was kind of a bizarre choice.
2: Yeah, I did not agree with it. That like starting, it's like acquiring him and like having him drive from Baltimore he to Philadelphia, he flew, he flew
1: private. By the
2: oh, the whatever, whatever. What, I mean, you know, if I not I didn't really care if he was like shipped FedEx. I mean, like making it, making him like travel and then start a game where like he hasn't worked with the catchers at all, he hasn't worked with the team at all. You know, like in terms of like what pictures to throw down with what signs and all the other stuff. Like I just I just didn't agree with that. I was like when when people started saying he was gonna start, I thought they were kidding. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah I mean like let's give him a day or two, but nope. They start and I am I, he is not that bad. No. He just isn't no the, the, he, here, here's not. the thing
1: about Time Malone. Obviously his first start <laughs> we could probably do a whole podcast on Sunday's game. The Braves took a 10 nothing lead and it's like all right this is great. And the time Malone was very bad. Uh I wouldn't have started him Water in the bridge right now. If you're a Braves fan yelling at time Malone because of because of one start, I would caution you to not to not freak out. But at the same time, acquiring him was not a splash that made anybody too happy. He's just a pure depth piece. He had, he's not a power guy. You're giving up nothing essentially for him. Two low rated prospects probably. Um, he doesn't walk anyone, but his uh, his ERA in the previous four seasons before this year was 5.67. Like. You are hoping Tommy Malone is a number five starter caliber, play, caliber player for you. And granted, Crossing that, your fingers. that would be an upgrade on what you've had so far, which I think is – that's that's really what they're trying to do is just like get through the next month, paper over it, not kill your bullpen, that kind of stuff. And I, I would have – been everyone would have been okay with that, I think, if they had made another move. But it's unfair to Tommy Malone to think that he's going to be a number three starter in a rotation. That's just not what he is. He's been a reliever at times. He's just not impressive.
2: <laughs> If your strategy is not to kill a bullpen, but then not fill the other two rotation spots where well, right. you have problems and you know what I mean. Though, he's just, like, you're, not, you're not solving the problem. You you, know? you're, you're
1: just getting time. I mean, and even then, like Tommy Malone, his path is kind of like Josh Tomlin's, and that he's been a reliever a lot of the time the last few years. Uh, he's a control guy, he's just not impressive, and obviously Tomlin's been very good in Atlanta for the most part, but you can't Tommy Malone is thoroughly unimpressive, and that's not his fault. They gave up nothing to get him essentially. He's making no money. That move on it, that move on its face is just fine with me. I had no problem with them trading for Tommy Malone, right? Totally fine. But he doesn't move the needle for you. Like, there's no world in which anyone is excited about Tommy Malone pitching in a playoff series. No world. I know. I know he had a really good ERA in seven starts before he got to the Braves. That's not what he is. Um, I know his walk rate was down. There are some nice signs this year before Sunday. But Tommy Malone is just a guy. He's just a guy. That's, I mean, that's fine. And again, they could have used anything better than what they've had. But if it's Tommy Malone or Kyle Wright, I know Kyle Wright's been walking the world, but like just try Kyle Wright again. I mean, there's not a, because of where the Braves are in the standings, I want them to get weirder, not less weird.
2: Yeah. They need, they need to kind of be taking some chances and figuring out what they have and, you know, and if that means, and you really don't think that Kyle Wright's going to be there, like try something else. You've got these pitchers on the forty-man roster, but again, that kind of gets into the rant that I was in earlier in this podcast, which is like, there's no creativity and no risk being taken with this team this year, and it it doesn't do your team or your fan base any favors by you treating this season like it doesn't matter as much as other seasons. It yeah. doesn't do your team a short-term or long-term good to just let prospects rot on the vine. You're not playing them and you're not trading them. Yeah. And at some point, what are you doing <laughs>
1: uh, again? I I, re- I really do think that a lot of the frustration is built up. It's not necessarily just today. I think the way that they've handled the young pitchers for a long time, Scott, I talked about this on a pre- on a recent podcast has been pretty maddening. Um, that That plays into this too um when you're they'll they'll call a guy up and let him sit in the bullpen or sit on the bench for or
0: you' or you're eight gi- days. Or,
1: you're, or you're giving or you the most recent example in my opinion is the fact that they've they've had guys like Wright and Tukey on a shorter leash than your Robbie Erlen types. Like they're willing to give those guys another run and they're not willing to give your prospects another run who are obviously more talented. And again, no one's saying that Wright and Tukey have been good because they've been terrible for the most part. No, they haven't, but, but it's if, not if,
2: in <laughs> the group of terrible pitchers. Let's give the ones that are actually talented a chance.
1: Well, it's upside. At the end of the day, someone was telling me, yeah. well, I won't reveal who it was. but someone was. We were, I was talking to somebody about this offline today that is very smart about Braves matters and is around the team. Um, and essentially the point is the next month, unless there's an absolute collapse, the next month is just you're looking for upside for the playoffs because the Braves have, again, like a mid, mid to high 90s playoff percentage. The playoffs are weird this year, so you're just looking for, at least in this person's opinion, you should just be searching searching for upside and trying to find out what could possibly help you in a playoff series. And with all due respect to Robbie Irland and, you know, really even Josh Tomlin, who I think is better than Robbie Irland, but regardless. um,
2: I just, I I like Josh Tomlin, what he was doing, which is a long reliever. That's
1: what he should be. And again, I said this before on this podcast, but, you know, uh, try a piggyback, I, I, I try a designed Piggyback with Kyle Wright and Josh Tomlin, where both guys struggle to go more than twice through the order. So put them together, try it with two. Do do something other than what they've been doing so far. Aim for upside and do something else. But this is not what it was. I mean, they, they just didn't do. I know we're like raving lunatics right now, but it's not a situation where. Listen, I shouldn't say this, but I will. The Braves, even if they had traded for a solid starting pitcher. Would not have been favored to make the World Series, but no. but they are notably worse now than they would have been if they had done that. And what you are hoping for as a fan is that this is a good baseball team. This is somehow a good baseball team without any pitching other than Max Fried. It's amazing to me that they have the record they have with the starting pitching that, they've had. That, yeah, like 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 a
2: healthy lead.
1: It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> it, it honestly is amazing that they've been as good as they've been with Max Freed. A few starts of Mike Soroka and just nothing else, but we they banked those wins. Those wins are not going to go anywhere, and it would it would it would have been nice for a team that again has not won a playoff series in twenty years to maybe try to push a little bit, not go all in. I'm not telling you they had to trade for Mike Clevenger, but adding someone like if they trade for Mike Miner, who isn't in, like incredible, like he was pretty good last year, he's not been great this year. Mike Miner is like a number four starter. If you trade for Mike Miner. That would have been a huge upgrade. It really would have been. And that's not sexy at all. But like, it, doesn't, it didn't have to be Clevenger or Lynn, but just Dylan Bundy or Trevor Williams or someone like that, who we talked about in the last podcast with, with Scott, like someone who is a middle tier starting pitcher that could credibly start game three of a playoff series would have just felt great. And they didn't, they didn't do that. And they honestly, they could have done other things too. It didn't have to be a pitcher. I mean, that was obviously the number one hole and we all agree on that but they could have gone for a, a bat to platoon with Adam Duvall in the outfield. They could have gone with another reliever. There was a report about them looking at relievers. They could have added in some way to this team and they didn't.
2: There are only so many excuses that any reasonable person is going to be willing to hear for why you just didn't do anything. And look, this off, this past off season, like they clearly prioritized retooling the and like making sure that they reinforced that bullpen. And obviously once Donaldson moved on, and it looks like a pretty good decision to not have signed him to a long term deal, at least right now, considering that his calves were already bothering him, and signing Ozuna, those were good moves. Yep. They were. It's working out well. But 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 how many times, Brad? And that this wasn't just Topless, this was copy too. How many times did they say we didn't spend as much money this offseason so that we would have money and we would have flexibility to make moves at the trade deadline if the needs present themselves? Right. The Braves lost 80% of their rotation for various reasons, whether it be opt-outs, injuries, in Fulty's case, you know inexplicably losing 30 pounds and 5 miles an hour on his on his fastball. You lost all those guys. Soroka's hurt there's not a clear sign of a need, especially when you, for reasons I can't grasp, refuse to give starting pitching prospects other than ones that have already accrued uh, major league service time, a chance at it. And you just didn't, you just didn't do anything other than claim, get, get a guy from Baltimore that is kind of a starter. I, I just don't understand. I just, it's hard for me. Like I, I, the explanation of, you know, there's obviously there's some difficulties with this trade market. I'm not saying there weren't, but, and I'm not saying they should have made a crazy move, you know, trying to pry a a team's number one away from them because I just didn't see that as ever being a possibility, but just doing nothing and just acting like, you know, this talent that they're not using is, was worth keeping over talent (laughs) they would have used. I just, yeah, that crawled all over me the wrong way.
1: I think both of us, uh, did not react well to the notion that, you know, they couldn't part with the talent, but that's, they're not playing. That's it's the, the mixed, yeah, messaging, is, the mixed messaging has been, it's been weird for a long time, but uh, again, and that's the way to sell this. If they wanted to sell this moving forward, this is what I would, I would advise them to lean into the young guys the next month, uh, whether it be Pache or right, or, uh, Wilson, or even if they like tried Patrick, we- like try someone else. <laughs>
2: Patrick Weigel, Tucker Davidson, Tucker Defeel Davidson, that'd be
1: a good way good, to sell it. Let's get weird. That'd be yeah, a good like, way to sell it. I, I would understand that more. I honestly don't think they're in. Again, I'm not. This is not me piling on Robbie Irwin. I, I don't think that there's a reason to keep trying Robbie Irwin. I would rather see any of the young guys, and that includes Tukey, that includes Wright, that would even include Fulty and Newcomb. I, all those guys. I would rather see those guys get starts or innings anyway than to keep going with the plug and play options. Like put Josh Tomlin back where he needs to be as your long reliever. I know Josh Tomlin's been decent in that. stuff. I'm not saying he can't start. If it, if we were in the playoffs, I made this joke last week, but it's really true. If you at if in a playoff series when it actually matters, the only thing that matters is the current results. You could argue Josh Tomlin would be your number two starter <laughs> at this moment in time. I wouldn't argue that. Hopefully, I and mean, yeah, I was, about, I, was about, I was about to say I don't know if I'd make that argument. Well, I it. mean, the only guy, that you, the only guy that you can argue has a safer baseline right now is maybe Ian Anderson, who's pitched once, once in his career. <laughs> Josh Tomlin is better baseline-wise than anybody else that, ha- that they have right now, because you know what Josh Tomlin is. He's not great, but he won't get, he, he he won't get you beat in a playoff game. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But the whole the whole point is, take shots. Like aim for upside at this point in time, and if if none of them work, then none of them work, and in the playoffs you can go back to some bullpen game nonsense or hope that Hamels is back or something. But in the next month, use this lead you, you need, have you, and go. You
2: need to figure it out now. Yeah.
1: Well, and this is all bizarre because this year we we acknowledge this 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 whole season is so weird and messed up, and the and the whole circumstances surrounding it in the playoff format, but. Well, all that said, there are not a lot of advantages. I know you get to play in your home park for the for all three games in the first round if you have a higher seed. Uh, there is a debate on how much that actually helps you, in my opinion, with no fans, etc. But the gap between the you know, once you get past that, even if you can argue that's that's an advantage, once you're beyond that, there's no advantage for being a higher seed this year. It doesn't really give you that same thing. So if you slide back a little bit, if your record slides because you're trying to take shots. That honestly isn't that big of a deal, like it's just not. So, just swing.
2: Yeah, set yourself up for some upside to try to make a run, because I don't think that anyone sees the Braves making a run when the the plan is, you know, Max Freed who's legitimately very good, Ian Anderson who we hope is going to, yeah, yeah, one of the best players in baseball, and then we have Ian Anderson, who we hope is going to be very good, and then basically and functionally three bullpen games for the other three spots. Like even if there's a name starter and there's an intended starter, what ends up happening has been bullpen games. And yeah. that's not going to work.
1: Um, okay. To wrap this up, we we can talk about the games. I know that the Braves nearly blew a 10 run lead, which we could have mentioned on Sunday. That was a wild one. They lost Friday and Saturday. Uh, Ronald Acuna, by the way, might be out this whole week. Um, definitely did not play on Monday. As you're listening to this, with the hamstring. Uh, Bowman mentioned that he could uh, be out until Friday. Albie's, uh still not back. Lots of not great injury issues. But the last thing I wanted to ask you, Eric, is looking ahead, take away from the deadline. I mean, how do you view this team in the prism of trying to make the World Series? I mean, we've we talked around it. We've, we've, we've mentioned it. But that's what it comes down to for me. I know this season's so weird, but The real impact is that they had a chance to improve their odds to make the World Series, and they did not do that. And honestly, it is hard for me, even with all the caveats out there about how weird the season is, the short series, anything can happen. It is hard for me to see how this team, as constructed, is able to beat three teams in a row to make the World Series.
2: Well, I think my bigger issue is what teams they're probably going to have to beat. Because, look, I think the Braves are the best team in the NL East. I just do. Even with their rotation issues, all these other teams in the NL East have issues as bad, if not worse, in other places on their roster. Or in the same, for that matter. I mean, some of these rotations haven't looked particularly good. So I think they're the best team in the NL East. Would you pick the Braves to win a three-game series against the Cubs right now?
1: who's who's pitching for the Braves
2: um well you got I mean you got free going one
1: a three-game series against the Cubs uh probably, it's debated probably not but it would be close that, that that's a very close one and I would have no that's problem very, with
2: they are in They're the Cubs and the Braves are in the same tier
1: they're basically yeah you know, they're very similar teams right now and if that's yeah, like of run differential uh yeah, like they're, 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 their pitching the is their pitching their pitching is better than the Braves because they actually have two guys in Hendricks and Darvish that are real pitchers, and the Braves had one. But uh, yeah, that's a coin flip series. Essentially, in a three game yeah. series, that's a coin flip. Yeah.
2: Do you do? Would you pick them in a in a series against the Dodgers? Absolutely not. No. Would you pick them against the the Padres who were already good?
1: No. now. Now that now the Padres who were already really good. The Padres adding as long as Mike Clevenger is Mike Clevenger, which there is some question about that. If he shows himself to be Mike Clevenger, then no, because they've already been, you know, Lamet's been incredible this year. They still have Paddock, who's really talented. They have Zach Davis, who's been really good. I mean, the Padres are more talented than the Braves are right now. I think, and
2: their 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 lineup top to bottom is better.
1: That's what I mean. Like, it just is their yeah, their, yeah. their lineup depth is really good. They have star power with the tees. Um, they've got. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying the Braves are like a huge underdog against the Padres. The Dodgers and they could beat them. Yeah, oh certainly. And the and the Dodgers are still the best team in the National League. But if you're asking me to put my life on the line right now in a playoff series between the Braves and the Padres, if if Clevenger is bad, it it, it gets closer. But if Clevenger is Clevenger, then it's it's the Padres. I think. So I just named three
2: teams where, at the very least it's a coin flip, but they're not favored. And that's not including series against the Cardinals where it doesn't seem to matter how good they actually are. Oh, the Braves God. can't beat them. I mean, the Braves, and are, the have... Braves are
1: better than the Cardinals. So I know the voodoo yes, stuff's out are... there. The Braves are better than the Cardinals. Listen, I think you picked the three teams that are the best three teams in the national league other than the Braves that, on, on that list on yep. purpose. Um, and that is a, a good exercise. The Braves will be favored even with their, even with their disaster pitching, I think the favor of everybody else. Um, probably. The only, yeah. P- the potential exception, I'm trying to find a potential exception. Uh, unless In terms of,
2: like Milwaukee, or Cincinnati gets going, like if Cincinnati ends up with a winning record, yeah. then you have to go get like a sunny gray and Je- Trevor. Right, they have, and they have uh, better
1: pitching. Um, same thing. I mean, I, I was tempted to say Washington cause they have the voodoo magic and they have the, and they have the pitchers, but shots out. Uh, no, there's not anybody else. So, yeah, again, the Braves are still good. Like, no one's saying they're bad. What? It's just that in a playoff series, especially a short playoff series when frequently only pitch once, that's bad, man. Like, you're going to be the underdog in two... Th- I mean, okay, Vegas... Let's go Vegas style right now. Three-game series. If you just priced every game, the Braves will be, like, maybe a slight favorite in game one against a team like... Not even... the Do- Even with free, they'll probably be the underdog against the Dodgers in the game, which is a separate point. But if you say Freed is a slight favorite, yes. But even if you said Freed was a slight favorite in game one, the Braves are the underdog flat out in game two and game three against most teams without Freed available. Yep. So that's, you get into a weird math situation where it's tough. And we said this one circle went down. Like I came on that night and was pretty somber about it. But now, now we know that the deadline is passed and yes, there's a world in which Ian Anderson is just awesome this year. He show what he showed what he's got in his first start. We all hope that continues again. And yeah. if that is real, they need that him. swings. That's... Because if Ian Anderson, and we'll know a lot more about him with five more starts. If he's if he's still looking like the guy we saw the other night, that does change things, to be sure. But with all respect to his prospect status and his talent. A guy that's thrown one major league start is not going to be someone I am that I can tell you that you can bank on being good right now. You you do not know that to be the case. You don't. Not even you, Eric. Prospect guru that you are. No. You no, don't know I mean, that. No, like no that. one No one. can tell me no, that Ian Anderson no is, is bankable right now. I know he's talented. I know he pitched well on one start. And it won't surprise me if he's good. But it wouldn't matter if he was the greatest pitcher, 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 pitcher prospect in the world. If you've thrown one start in the major leagues, I can't tell you that you're going to be good. This season. Yeah. I'm saying this season, not long term. This season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and he's obviously the number one hope, but you're right. I mean, we, we shouldn't say that out loud. If Anderson is good, like capital G good, that does change all of what we've said previously. The Braves still have holes, even if he is good, because you still have it's, two and pitchers. It's, and it's
2: still scary. Yeah, you still have it's still scary for a postseason series, but you feel better for sure.
1: One, and that's why when he pitched that, they pitched that, he pitched that gem. Before it, I know Scott and I mentioned this. I think we, I think we also did after. Like, yeah, man, it'd be great if Ian Harrison pitched well because, <laughs> you know, not trying to put much pressure on him, but he just the Braves kind of need him now, which is not a place you want to be. You don't want to have to need a guy making his second Major League start this week.
2: We'll see. But they do.
1: I had to ask you about the World Series because honestly, at the end of the day, it's the goal. I mean, I know winning a playoff series would feel like a win, and it really would, especially now with all of the turmoil this year. If the Braves simply didn't lose in the first round, it would feel like a win. That,
2: it, would, it would feel nice. I don't care if it's the best two of three and the expanded playoffs. I don't care. It would just feel good.
1: It would feel good to win a playoff series. But uh, at the end of the day, my, my final thought is that it is frustrating. I can see all sides. Trust me. I, I, can under, I can try to understand what the Braves were trying to do by not trying to overpay. I'm a big value guy, I'm a big you know calculation of like what's good present versus future, all that stuff. What I can't understand is why they did nothing and i stand I stand by that if you want to say that that's us being negative, that's fine i'll I'll take that but the team they had I'm sure they had an opportunity and i'm I'm always someone who points out that we don't know what the negotiations are. maybe they're maybe in real life. They were just being like held up at gunpoint basically by these teams who knew
2: yeah, they people, had a bead. People knew, yeah, people knew that they needed arms.
1: That That's at least like a non zero chance that happened. And if that happened, apologies to Anthopolis. But with only what we know, public information, I have a hard time saying that it's anything other than disappointment that, they, that, they've, made no, that they've made no trades today or the last couple of days to, to improve this team. And I'm still going to knock on wood and hope Tommy Malone turns it around and hope Ian Anderson's really good and hope they can find something from Fulty or Wright or Tukey or whoever. But at the moment I have a hard time with anyone who feels good about the rotation. Cause like there's no evidence to feel good about about the rotation.
2: Yeah. You know, a little, some small wrinkles of optimism, but you yeah. know, until we start seeing some different,
1: listen to different names, Mike some... uh, put on, put on some weight and he's throwing 94 again. Get excited!
2: Yeah, you know, I'll believe. I'll believe that it's worth watching when I see it.
1: <laughs> Get excited! Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I do mean this. If you, uh, if you ask me who I wanted to start this week between Robbie Earl and Mike Davis, I would choose. I would choose Folty. I'll tell you that right now. So, at least Folty has the ability. At least Folty has the. I'm not, I'm not saying to win a game right now. I'm saying to set the stage for the future. I would. I would just let Folty go out there and see what you got. Could be, dis- could be difference of opinion. Uh, notice, I did not say. Uh, uh, I mean,
2: no. I mean, I don't know if I disagree. I said, I really thought about in those terms.
1: Well, I mean, that's what I said before. Like, yeah, I know the prospects are the easier sell, like you're, you're Wright and whoever Wilson <laughs> or Weigel, but you know, flat out, Fulty has more upside than Tomlin and Erlen. He just yeah. does. So, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I'd be I mean, I, when he got DFA'd. I would be. I would have been surprised. But I also assumed, Derek, that they would do something at some point to add to the rotation, and they would not done that. So,
2: and they didn't. all
1: right. Well, we've done enough ranting. This is a very out of character podcast for us. We usually have like a structure, and we talk about topics.
2: Yeah, well, like, your game. This is the game we're talking about. I mean, this is just
1: we usually just like give you know back you know go through. I have my little note thing. We talk about stuff, and I will give both sides, and we'll try to be even handed. Not today. Hot take podcast by us. Hopefully, the Braves succeed. We are still hoping for them to do well, but uh, a maddening day, I would say, if you are a Braves observer.
2: Absolutely. Just very very frustrating. Doesn't mean the team's bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're still good, because at this moment, just as a final uh, sign-off, as a reminder, 538 gives the Braves a uh, 97% chance to make the playoffs and a 78% chance to win the division. And those numbers are quite good. So... Yep. It could be worse. All right, Eric. Anything, anything to plug on the pod today? I know we have tons of content at talkingtop.com dot com. I know it was not the big splash we all wanted, but they're still playing to read, so catch up on that. But anything else you got to plug, Eric?
2: Uh, nothing in particular that's in the hopper right now. You know, obviously Wayne's been doing his you know prospect retrospectives. You know, talking about like prospects of yesteryear. Uh, Christian Bethencourt, I believe, was the last one that went up. Um, and you know, other we've got some things that are kind of we're batting around in terms of prospect content, but nothing that's like imminent but we're gonna have to kind of think about some new stuff shortly because some of the other things we're working on we've kind of wound down over time
1: yeah plan to catch up on though and uh, we'll still be here i'm still planning to do at least one podcast if not multiple um on a weekly basis in this space and uh crazily we're a month in the playoffs that, that's how weird this all is the playoffs will be starting in a month from now and then we'll go back to like daily as long as the Braves are involved and, uh, Yeah, plenty of content in the hopper. So please subscribe to the podcast, check out Eric's stuff, check out the site, and we'll see you next time.